I hope to take my art and lay it as an offering and say, if you are in pain, here is maybe a way to, to deal with that, to lead you forward. Maybe you'll find an understanding of what God is doing through my tiny, small drop of the bucket offering. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking about art and faith and suffering and failure and finding ourselves. Our conversation reminds me of what Jim Carrey once famously said. I wish everyone could get rich and famous and everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that's not the answer. Our guest today is a successful actor, and she believes it's not in success that we find ourselves, but in failure. Which reminds me of something J.M. Barry said, we are all failures, at least the best of us are. And Johnny Cash said this, you build on failure, you use it as a stepping stone. And then, of course, what Sir Winston Churchill said, Success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. Our guest today is Elizabeth Davis, a Tony Award and Drama Desk Award nominated actor for her turns in Broadway's Tony winning Once, where she originated the role of Razor, and in the revival of Roger and Hammerstein's Allegro. She is an innovative theatre award and NYMF award winner. She's a classically trained violinist but prefers the fiddle. If you've seen once, you will have heard her play. Amazing. Elizabeth also is my friend. We both attended Redeemer Church in Manhattan for many years under the teaching of Tim Keller. We were privileged to learn a deep and rich theology. And we would both say it formed us not only in our faith, but just as much in our art. Elizabeth's art is as much fueled by faith as by her talent. We have shared wonderful conversations over coffee or a meal about art and faith and art as service and living in New York City. It's so wonderful to have her on the show to continue that conversation. I know you'll really be as fascinated as I was hearing about the key perspective Tim Keller shared with her that transformed her whole understanding of her work as an actor and the journey that brought her to see through her own suffering that even suffering can be a gift. So without further ado, please welcome my friend, and now yours, Elizabeth Davis. My name is Elizabeth Davis. I am from a small town in the panhandle of Texas. I have now lived in New York City and Manhattan for about 16 years. I am an actor, a writer, and a musician. I have both my degrees in classical theater performance and I happened to find myself working in the professional theater industry here in New York City. My parents, both raised in the panhandle of Texas, are deeply creative people and happened to find themselves as teachers 
and theater coaches and speech and debate coaches and just lovers of music in general, they're in a small town and in a very small school in the Panhill of Texas where they taught and served students through the arts for 25 years, 30 years. And I happen to be a beneficiary of that. I grew up with parents who believed that the arts were a form of service and that there was deep passion, calling, and meaning in that. So I I grew up, you know, sitting on the steps of my parents directing kids off the farm in Channing, Texas, doing steel magnolias. My mother was pregnant with me when they were directing, I think, her first play. It's hard to describe the small town feel of where everyone knows everyone, where you're playing basketball and you're running track and you're simultaneously doing poetry interpretation. And then my parents were also always in the middle of designing a play that happened to be Chekhov or Shaw or Mystery of the Ming Tree. Whenever I went to college, I I couldn't have imagined that I would pursue actually being an actor, even though I did that with a fair amount of success in high school. I took myself to New York City, which is crazy. But just with a deep, that same formative understanding that arts and theater could be service and was full of meaning. And so I have not only spent a lot of time just technically doing my job, technically seeking out creative projects, I've also spent a career trying to understand what it really looks like. I call it my creative theology, my attempt to fuse my work and my faith together in such a way that makes this a true calling in my life. As artists, we're alchemists. We enter into pain and we empathize. We convert pain into meaning. What I mean by that is related to this idea of forging faith and calling. The idea that artists, I believe, are tasked with a very high holy calling of entering into pain in order to formulate it and make it make sense so that we can re-deliver it to people in such a way that we can learn from it. Tim Keller (laughs) offered to me a conversation very early on in my time in New York where Keller said, actors are like Jesus in that they make the word flesh. And that idea has led me toward an understanding of my work at this point in my life, which I call incarnational acting. And the idea that I put flesh on a character that would just otherwise be laying on a page, blankly. And so that's part of the alchemy too, because it is so mysterious and it is so close to where the flesh and the spirit commingle. So to be able to walk through that is what I consider my calling. To be able to live that out in rehearsal rooms across the country, to be able to go to work on a daily basis and feel as if I'm there for more than just saying words that are written on a page. 
And look, any story worth telling includes a beginning, a middle, and an end, and usually the middle is fraught with pain and confusion. Like, that's why we seek out stories. We, we want to know how do people get from point A to point B. We long to see the overcoming in others, but we hate it when it comes to us. Sitting in the Garden of Gethsemane is, is horrible, is painful, is death. But it is essential that someone sits there for the sake of the redemptive arc. I started working on a play before my son was born. In the play, I am wrestling with the idea of having a child or not having a child. And then the greater themes around that became about miscarriage, about what happens when you have a child who takes their own life, what happens when you have five children and lose your husband, just all of the angles and the stories that exist prolifically around us that don't often get elevated. And so I was entering into a new season in my own life of understanding my womanhood. And it just so happens that that particular play called Childless, less being in parentheticals, I found myself five years later dealing with miscarriage and being angry and confused and trying to suss out whether or not I had inadvertently assigned God's sovereignty to my poor choices. That became a big theme for me. Am I just like throwing things up in the air and saying, well, I, I guess this is what God wants. Was he trying to teach me a bigger lesson and I was missing it? Had I inadvertently been treating God like a genie in a bottle? Of course, we don't, we never intentionally do that. But pain has a way of pricking us in the places that it must and teaching us lessons that there's no other way to learn. When I had the pain of miscarriages come into my own life, it, it, it was a deep, horrifying pain. And to be quite honest, I don't think I'm on the other side of really understanding what those lessons fully are. But I do know that I am doing my best to fold these lessons into my art and that there is a way to process and heal and alchemize if that's a word the theological questions and the human suffering experience and also the glory of joy that counterbalances those things i'm trying to just be a human walk through pain create art and do that in such a way that it can extend a hand to someone else who may be going through something similar. This is a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible called Son of Laughter. Abraham, God said, how many stars are there? Let me see, Abraham said, rolling up his sleeves. 
Of course, he kept losing count. Too many, he said. Guess what, God laughed. I will give you so many children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, you won't be able to count them either. Now, when Abraham's wife, Sarah, heard God's promise, she just laughed to herself. But it wasn't a happy laugh. It had tears in it. She'd always wanted a baby. Could her dream come true? Could she really have a baby when she was 90 years old? Sure enough, nine months later, just as God had promised, Sarah gave birth to a baby boy. They named him Isaac, which means son of laughter. And Sarah laughed. But this time, it was a glorious, happy laugh. Her dream had come true. Faith is a day-to-day journey. It is a waking up and putting one foot in front of the other, moment by moment. We ask the big questions. We wrestle with the ideas that seem so silly on paper sometimes. They seem like Sunday school questions, Sunday school answers. But when you're in deep pain, you understand that they're, they're not cliche. They are the essence of faith and life. I started looking at women, you know, in the biblical texts who have seemed two-dimensional to me in the past. And it was as if their depth just jumped out at me, grabbed me by the throat in a new way. And I do think only pain has a way of doing that. We don't find ourselves in success, we find ourselves in failure. And I do think from a faith perspective, that's true too. Suffering is such a gift in some confusing way, but suffering is a gift. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Oh, hello, it's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.